Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning. My name is Andrea Simintov, and you are listening to Pull Up a Chair on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Don't, don't touch. Don't touch your uh, mouse today. This is where the computer stays. Okay, let me say good morning before we start anything. Let me say a happy, delicious, fantastic good morning to those listening in from, let's see. Oh, it's night. It's late at night. Hold on a second. This microphone is a little, <laughs> a little wacky, a little wacky. Okay, um, it's late at night in the United States is listening in. Canada is with us this morning. Is it still cold in Canada? Boketov, uh, Israel, Taiwan is with us today. The Russian Federation is listening in. Finland is with us. I think I mentioned Finland last week on the show. Maybe I read a book about Finland. I don't know. And um, I don't know. I'm waiting for South Africa to tune in. Got a note last night from a South African friend. Are you on today? Yes, we are on. Um, If you're looking for me this Shabbos, if you're looking for me this weekend, if you're looking for me anywhere until the beginning of the next week, Go look up in the mountains, look up by the Lebanese border, look in the area of Rosh Hanikra, actually the beach town of Achsiv. I plan to be buried, reading, eating, praying, sleeping in my little caravan, and we're going to park it by the water because I suddenly thought to myself, things are weird. Things are not feeling right. Things are strange. What do I need? And it's very funny, that whole mind-body connection that I speak with so many friends about, um, primarily women friends. I'm not sure how tuned in men are. Are we allowed to say that today? Am I, uh, do I have to be like too woke to say, do men feel different than women? Um, but sometimes we're just so drowned by the noise, the outside noise, the noise that has nothing to do with us, that we cannot tune into what our spiritual, our psychological, our physical, and certainly our godly needs are. I have not been tuned in for, I would say, about a month and a half now. And please, God, after the show, packing up the caravan and going to the water. I'll tell you more about that when we come back. Don't shut off the computer. The return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel was prophesied in the Bible thousands of years ago and is coming true today. Shalom. Join me, Josh Wander, on Israel Unplugged. Listen in as we delve into the spiritual and physical aspects of the Jewish return to Zion. We'll discuss the biblically mandated, historic, and of course practical understandings of this incredible transition from exile to redemption. That's Israel Unplugged, every Monday on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We're back. Andrea Simintov, pull up a chair on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Um, had a real, I, I became very, I became humble during the break. That's a good thing. No, um, 
I was chatting with the producer and the engineer, and she was telling me where people were listening in from. And it was so exciting to hear different um, different communities in the United States listening in different communities here in Eretz Israel. And um, it's real. It's real people tuning into one another and never think that, how do I say this? The microphone is not a means of a barrier, but rather a connector. I really do feel that kind of that hands across the hands across cyberspace thing. And it's very humbling, very nice. And I'm wondering what your home looks like this morning, what your sleeping or what your sleeping or awakened children are doing. Uh, do you have houses that are multi-generational? Are you already thinking about your Shabbos preparations? Love it. Like hearing it. Drop me a note. I like getting the notes. Um, people write to me at Andrea at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And I really do enjoy hearing from you. Got a note last night from uh, my friend Austin, who I hope is listening in and want to know if we're on this morning. And, oh, I think we even have Guatemala and Mexico listening in today. Neighbors. Okay. Uh, last week I mentioned, came across a lovely quote, was posted by my friend Rabbi Ilan Adler, who lives in the community of Malaya Demim. And it was during the whole week of um, Yom HaZikaron, Yom HaAtzma'ut, you know, the, the Holocaust, uh, the, 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 the Memorial Day for soldiers. And, um, and then our, of course, our Independence Day. And what was Rabbi Adler's quote? And he said, I'd rather live in an imperfect Israel than the most perfect exile. And I was thinking about that this week. A friend who just made Aliyah, my gosh, it was just a few months ago, she made Aliyah. And of course, it's her first year in Israel. Her first year, not only seeing um, the sadness and then the burst into joy, but the real, the reality of living in a nation that is constantly under siege. Um, we all know about the, 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 what happened in Hedera. We know what happened in Tekoa. And if you didn't, I may, I may touch upon it today. But the scariness, the fear that happens with just going out and you're shopping because we live in a country with extremely porous borders, too porous for my liking. And my friend said to me, I'm so scared. Did you hear what happened in Tekoa? What is the government doing to protect us? And I was crazed. And I answered, this is Andrea speaking. This is not her speaking. And I answered with a kind of venom and vehemence and rage that I was sorry about later because the hysteria, the hysteria, there's no R at the end of that, with which I answered her was really unbecoming. I like to think of that hysteria for the young. My calm answer is, you first, you know, we have these debates in Israel, these debates in our Knesset, these debates on the front pages of all newspapers, English, Hebrew, Russian, Arabic, Amharic, and... Uh, we de- should we destroy their homes? Is it fair? Is it right? You raise them to the ground. Those of you who are following the news 
will know. Let's see, I even have an article in here today that I was going to throw past you and tell you that we are returning. We returned? Where do I even have it? We returned the bodies of the Hadera murderers, the, the Hadera butchers. Where is it? My article. We returned it so they can have a holy terrorist um, funeral be hailed as martyrs. Let's see, what did I do? I'm going right into my Devar Torah here. Um, I'm sorry, we're having a moment. All right, I can't find it. Anyway, you wrap them. You wrap them in pig flesh and you burn them. That let a child who's in school and being indoctrinated day in, day out about the devilry of the Jews, the the filth of who we are, the the crime that we have committed, supposedly, God help me if anybody takes this show out of context. You make them question, question their teachers. Maybe they're making a mistake. So you wrap these murderers, you, you wrap them in dead pig flesh and you burn them. You lock them in. You lock them into Gaza and you shut the gates. Do you know how many we let into Israel every single day, even as they kill us, even as they maim us? There are approximately, I think, close to 50,000 workers cross the line into Israel every single day, despite the fact that all of the murderers are coming from there, from Gaza. Gaza. 50% unemployment. But we rip our hair out. How can we relieve their financial stress in that strip? Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, it's very un-Jewish. Doesn't sound that becoming. You imprison them. You lock the doors. You throw away the keys. Forever. These are not bargaining tools. You know what? These guys who get caught, for them, it's win-win. They're fed. They're educated. Their families get stipends. What's happening to the mic here? Their families receive stipends. They're heroes. They're hailed. And you know what? They're released. It's monopoly tokens. Jewish kindness. The inherent Jewish mercy. Not to be toyed with. They must know that we are not to be trifled with. But how can they? And here is the question. When will we ourselves believe that we are not to be trifled with? All of the greatest Jew, all of the greatest liberation movements in this world, civil rights organizations, compassionate movements, whether it's for animals or nations, have begun with Jewish sensitivity and forged by Jews who in their blind love and their Torah values cannot even recognize when they are becoming despised, dismissed, and ultimately disdained. So I say to my friend who says, what can we do? What will be? I remember hearing a rabbi once say that in response to our constant, constant conflict 
with our cousins. Sometimes you have you have a child who's terribly disabled and it will never be better. I'm talking about not our cousins. I'm talking about our situation. And you go on. You go to a party. You go to a simcha. You go to a wedding. You go to work. You feed the family. And then you look at your child, your beloved Israel, your child, and say, this makes me sad. This has a flaw. But you still go on. We don't wring our hands and give up because Israel is where the real battle for Jewish existence takes place, not in Tallahassee, in Israel. We are not an accident. One Sigmund Freud, I think he only came to America once, actually, and he came and he did the whole tour and he visited, and then he was interviewed upon his return to, let me just say Europe, because I don't know if he actually went back to Vienna at the time, and when asked, Dr. Freud, Dr. Freud, what did you think of America? He paused a moment and he said, it's a mistake. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that everything else in terms of Jewish existence is temporary. Israel is where the battle, the fighting for Jewish souls the peace and the future of our children and our grandchildren. It's where it's being, it's being fostered, it's being nurtured, and it must remain healthy. And so I say to my friends the words of Rabbi Adler, I'd rather live in an imperfect Israel than the most perfect exile. Okay, um, came across a very interesting, ana- uh, how do you say, an, an acronym? Um, help me, correct me if I'm wrong. And the word for fear, fear, F-E-A-R, a friend of mine was going through this recently, and we came across a great explanation. False evidence appearing real. Remember the famous uh, Winston Churchill line, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Well, as a life coach, I know that there are many kinds of fears, several that can be touched, but they're all manifestations of our own history, our own experiences, except for fight or flight. If somebody's coming at you and wants to kill you, pick up and run. Don't say, well, you know what? It's a manifestation. But false evidence appearing real, there is nothing to be frightened of. There's only what we have to negotiate think through, and address. So again, when we come back on the other side, we're going to talk about, I think, I hate when this show isn't fun and funny, but we're going to talk about a little more about what's going on, Israel's stance, the sad news this week, and maybe we'll even have a woohoo moment. See you on the other side.
Hi, I'm Steve Miller. And I'm Matt Zucker. Join us for Lighten Up, where we take a look at the week's current events in Israel and from around the Jewish world through a humorous lens. If you've been paying attention during these crazy times, you know that it's a challenge to parody life anymore. But join Steve and I as we give it the old college try. Not only is being happy an obligation, but life is just too short to take it all so seriously. So join me, Steve Miller. And me, Matt Zucker. For Lighten Up every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Israel, only on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Okay, Andrea Simintov, we're back. IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Boy, oh boy, I can feel the Shabbos coming. Oh my gosh. Wow. You know, I always love Shabbos. I really do. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. But I sometimes, I'm too distracted to actually begin to feel it. I think we say that the Shabbos is so holy that when we say in Hebrew, the days are really called um Yom Rishon, Yom Sheni, Yom Shlishi. It really means the first day since the Sabbath. Yom Sheni, the second day since the Sabbath. Yom Shlishi, the third day since the Sabbath. It's very, it's very Jewish. You know, that's, it really is the anchor. And I would like to, it's very interesting. I'm not even looking at my notes now because the things that are more important to me sort of rest in my belly. If you're not doing the Sabbath, if you have not brought the Sabbath into your lives, believe me, it's a game changer. It's a universe changer to start one step at a time. Drop me a note and I'll try to help you get started with that. It's very nice. All right. So before we get into the fun stuff, oh, the reason I actually mentioned that is that I realized I'm doing the show already. It's a few years. And my favorite part is always that Devar Torah at the end. It's sort of like you're getting close to the home base where I really get to talk about the things that speak to me, ground me, um, give me my raison d'etre, my reason for living. And I love sharing it and getting the notes about, you know, your takes on this week's Torah portion. But we have business to attend to. So, just to kind of, because I want, we have listeners from all over, and we have a lot of listeners who love Israel, and it's almost like a visceral, it's an emotional, it's a spiritual love of Israel with little information. So I just wanted to kind of give you an overview, and just to say that we had more stabbings this week, more attempted stabbings, and um, and I talk about Tekoa because it really is a neighborhood that's very near me. I've been there a few times. It is so beautiful. Ironically, this week's Torah portion is called Bahar, the mountain, you know, on the mountain. And Tekoa is really in the mountains of Jerusalem. And it's a place where regular, hardworking, moral, decent, God-centered, family-centered Jews are living and conducting moral lives. And um, so a, I believe it was, um, I think, 
uh, four four terrorists came in. One was they were spotted. They were spotted through a living room window, and we'll get to actually we'll get to the hero who thwarted this main attack by an eleven year old child who said, "Daddy, daddy, there's uh, guys in the backyard." Came out and um, he shot one of them dead. It's the only way to do it. You know, we don't have the constraints of the. Uh, below the knees or shoot to wound and the other three like the heroes they are ran away so i want to just that's kind of like a very uh <laughs> very part of overview so again i mentioned before gaza has a 50 percent unemployment rate but we are obsessed we 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 me thus us um to relieve their financial stress I don't know what their brothers are doing to relieve their financial stress with their mansions and their homes in Detroit and other places. So we let in up to almost 50,000, I think 40 to 50,000 every day. So anybody outside of Israel who tells us that we're not trying our best to better their lives in the hope that one day that there will be peace, I got to tell you something. Stuff it. Yeah, I said it. Stuff it. Because we are tripping over ourselves. The taxes that we pay, the way our day-to-day lives are really mired in such financial insecurity to live here in this holy nation because of all the wonderful reasons to live here. Spent a lot of time, my husband this week spent a lot of time with uh, his daughter in the hospital who's having a... um, Not dangerous, thank God, thank God, but a medical issue. Hospital, doctors, nurses, patients, Arabs enjoy the finest top-of-the-line medical care here in Israel, whether as employees or patients. So don't tell us that we're not doing everything to create peace and the hope for peace. The problem lies with their leaders, the ones that run Hamas, run the Islamic Jihad, who are getting filthy rich from Western tax dollars, tax dollars and organizations run by pacifists who are very disappointed in Israel. And of course, the Iranian um, involvement. You know what? There's an agenda. And the poor Palestinians who are living and scratching at one another in Gaza are not their main focus. Al-Aqsa, Narishkite, baloney, the Al-Aqsa mosque that Arabs are not allowed to pray there, they have open access. But you know what? If you were a 17-year-old Arab boy who had been fed a constant, non-stop diet based on revenge for the Jews, brainwashed that we are evil it's a vicious cycle the cycle has to be broken and we are doing our part here but for those of you listening in understand it get the accurate information do not read or let the washington post which i am still gagging over two weeks of that diet being in the don't let them tell you what the situation is here You have outlets. You have outlets like this. You even have PARV outlets. Write to me. I'll tell you. But terrorist anger will never be directed at Iran. 
As my friend Dave S. says, if it comes down to them or us, I will take us any day, every day. And whatever the world thinks, whatever the world has been brainwashed to think by the likes of CNN and BBC, the heck with you. All right. Um, yeah, we're not going to talk about the death of uh, Shirin Abu Akla, the Al Jazeera reporter. Not going to do that. Not going to do that. Let's say. Oh, yeah, here it is. That um, the two Arab terrorists that carried out a deadly terror attack in Hadera killed three holy fathers, three Abbas, three contributing citizens to what have made the world, would have made the world a better place, returned to their families for holy burial. Funerals for terrorists in Um al-Fahram. Do they deserve it? We deserve. We deserve the scorn of the Arabs. We've earned it. Okay. Sivan Rachav Meir. She's a very popular news personality here in Israel. Look her up. Sivan Rachav Meir. She's, she's, she's terrific. Anyway, she received a letter. It was two days ago. And um, this was the letter she received. And it said, Hi, Sivan. It was actually in Hebrew. There's a translation. I know you don't usually publish stories like this, but I feel the need to share. My name is Avraham Maimon. I'm the brother of Yair Maimon, the hero from Tekoa who killed the terrorist who tried to break into his house yesterday. Here's another side to the story. Yesterday evening, my mother was sitting in her home in Kiryat Arba when she began to feel an overwhelming distress in her heart. Although she was tired and exhausted from a Shabbat where she hosted all her children, she felt that something big was about to happen. In a spur-of-the-moment decision, she walked down to the cave of the patriarchs, the tombs of our fathers and mothers, and began to weep and pray, although she did not know for what. In those same very moments, Yair and his wife spontaneously decided to go out for tea on the balcony of their house, and you know what happened next. When I first called my mother to tell her what was going on, she just replied, I know something happened. Just tell me everyone is okay. There is a hidden world that we do not see, a connection between mother and son, a connection between the fathers and mothers of our nation to us, their children, a connection between Hebron and Gush Etzion, a connection between prayer and reality. May we hear good news. Amen amen. You know, I often talk about that mind-body connection, that, that feeling that what do I need? Why do I feel disconnected? Okay, before we go to our break and then our ultimate uh, Devar Torah course, let's just do a quick woohoo moment. Magen David Adam, the Israelis' uh, Red Cross, we built the first subterranean blood bank. It was built, oh my gosh, like Fort Knox, um, a 3,230-square safe room, Deeply, deeply underground. I'm just getting this very quickly. It is hopefully 
um, a little more blood uh, bomb proof. And as it says, blood is life, says the year. The Catherine Reed, American Friends of Mugged David Atum. I think our donors, this is something they can feel, touch, and understand because this building is critical for the people of Israel and it is a strategic asset for the state of Israel because without blood, you cannot save people's lives. A very nice, holy ending to this chapter of what love for Israel and holy donations can do. My name is Andrea Simintov. See you on the other side. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. This is Shai Bentico, and each week I'll be webcasting to you from Judea, origin of the word Jew, a people besieged and beleaguered in every generation. Nazi Germany's but a memory, but in its place the world invented the phantom Palestinians as this generation's internationally authorized Jew killers. Tune in for a different slant on life in Israel. Phantom Nation, every Monday. Okay, we're back. Andrea Simintov, pull up a chair. Israelnewstalkradio.com. I'm telling you, I wish you could be, I'm serious, like a, a, a little mouse on my shoulder hearing the off, off, <laughs> the off mic conversations. Um, all right, before we go to Devar Torah, which I do want to just, something also, I always say like, or something like itches me under the skin, and I, Whenever I have that feeling that something just feels a little bit off, I know it's not Torah. And I came across this week um, an article about the fire that devastated the Chabad, the Chabad house in uh, the Tallahassee campus. Um, Yeah, Tallahassee is Florida, right? Yeah. And um, I think it's Florida, Tallahassee, Florida. Right. Yeah, Florida. Um, And... A friend, a Facebook friend, someone who I knew from high school posted on the wall, and I've had absolutely no real interaction with her, and I'm not faulting her. First of all, I didn't see the article anywhere else. I saw days later, I think perhaps in the Jew, uh, the Jerusalem Post, maybe, or in Times of Israel, I did not see it flooding. It's almost as if vandalism against Jews and, and Jewish institutions, it's so... It's so routine. It's so, you know, trite. It's so banal. It's not even newsworthy anymore. But the friends or the people that posted on her wall for posting that, all of them wrote and said, how sad. It's so sad. And the sarcastic inflection is mine. Let me do that again. How sad. And I'm wondering... Are any of these Jews who are sad because of the burning of a Jewish institution and Jewish Sefer Torah and sad for Jews being attacked on streets outside of the land of Israel, are there any difficult conversations taking place? Jewish sadness has never saved our lives. The enemies we have are real. They are not figments of our imaginations, our overactive and incredibly creative Jewish imaginations. I want to know if at anybody's 
Sabbath table after the burning of the Chabad house in Tallahassee was their rage. And did anybody say for the first time to children or spouses that had never heard the words before, what are we doing here? That's the end of this particular segment. That's all I'll say. Just wanted to share that thought with you. Okay. Because we're getting close to the Sabbath, Shabbat Shalom. Oy, 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 I can't wait. I want to give everybody an assignment. Okay, you're listening, Todd? Here's your assignment. Um, to bring up this discussion at the, at the Sabbath table, and I call this my From the Torah to Your Table segment. A Musarist was asked, look up about the Musar movement, M-U-S-S-A-R, M-U-S-A-R. So a Musarist, say that three times fast, was asked whether one might take a loan. Are we allowed to take a loan of money when one knows that in the normal course of events, he would not be able to repay the loan, but has faith that God will clear him of the debt? The sage replied, you may, provided that you yourself would be willing to lend money to a person who lacks the means to repay the loan, because you are confident that his faith in God, um, in God's eventual help, help will be rewarded. But if you are not willing to lend money to a person with only his faith as collateral, you too must not borrow money under such circumstances. And that is your from the uh, from the Torah to your table discussion topic. Tita Nainai, stick a dish. Okay. All right. So the Hebrew word, this week's Parsha, this week's Torah portion is called Bahar. And it is the Hebrew, it is it is Hebrew word for at the uh, the mount, the mount. And it gives rise to the accepted title of this Torah portion. So the Torah actually begins by saying, Hashem spoke to Moshe at Mount Sinai. This is quite interesting because the word Bahar connotes that Hashem spoke to Moshe on a mountain and not Har Sinai, the mountain on which he chose to um, give the Torah to the Jewish nation. So this weekly portion Shouldn't it actually be called Sinai, or at least Har Sinai, um, the mountain of Sinai? So uh, why do we refer to this passage in the Torah as Bahar? And there's an additional dimension to this question, and it rests in a spiritual lesson which we can also derive from Sinai. The sages tell us, Chazal, if I slip into my... uh, into my uh, Hebrew, tells us that God particularly chose to give us the Torah from Mount Sinai since it was the lowest of all mountains. So here we have this message, a twofold message, okay? The choice of this mountain. First, it was chosen because of its modest height, thereby teaching us the quality of humility. But it was also chosen because it was still a mountain. And Thereby, it's known to us that while humility is of extreme importance, we should never allow this midah, this quality, this trait, to turn us into doormats for the rest of the world to tread upon us with 
liberty. I'm telling you, the front pages of the newspaper, obviously, even the most secular journalists are reading the weekly Torah portion. Humility, on one hand, is accompanied by a measure of self-esteem and self-assertion. Rabbi Torsky, Avraham Torsky, that's all, writes a lot about that, and we've spoken about this in the past. Um, humility provides us with the necessary attributes to face our spiritual and worldly trials. And... Um, the new word, the challenges. The two teachings are alluded to in the words Har Sinai, Har denoting the symbolic loftiness and self-esteem, while Sinai characterizes humility and self-nullification. Of the two teachings, humility and self-nullification, they are not um, opposed to one, they can actually coexist. The Sinai attribute, this is the foundation upon which the mount is attached, ensuring that we will prevent our humility from turning us into milk toast. So given this line of reasoning to be true, to be accurate, why is this known as Bahar, the secondary aspect of loftiness, while the principal aspect is not mentioned? Duh. So according to the Ramah, Self-nullification, I really, I get nervous with that word because I keep thinking about lahavdil, lahavdil, you know, those, uh, what is it, the emoliation, those who burn themselves in the name of religion? No, not that. Self-nullification, kind of the erasing of one's, or the minimizing of oneself and humility are a direct result of being aware of God's greatness. When a man ponders his own insignificance in relation to God's greatness, he attains this kind of sense of um, modesty, for he realizes that godliness is indeed the true and ultimate existence. My friends, it's also why I have to step away from myself for this Sabbath, because my four walls, sometimes we become a big shot in our own home. I need to see the vastness of nature, the vastness of the water, the vastness of the mountains. The reason the portion, the portion is called Bihar alone is because understanding, the, as the sages say, the servant of a king is himself a king. A privileged status merely reflects the king's importance and not his own. The sign of true humility is the point at which a person is able to feel as elevated and self-assured as a mountain, and yet know that this attribute does not stem from haughtiness or accumulation of material wealth. It stems solely from our complete nullification to godliness. All right, so uh, let's see. Um, what I wanted to tell you, you know, a, a, um, now the physical Jerusalem, you know, if the Torah had been granted on Mount Everest, for example, it would be unreachable. Okay. It's available to us because it was not given on Mount McKinley, Mount Everest, or any of these other mastiffs, according to Rabbi Wine, that exist in our world. The Midrash teaches us that it was a relatively low mountain, this Sinai. The rabbis derived this from the emphasis on and the requirements of humility, arrogance, 
godly values, they cannot coexist. So even though Sinai is a mountain, it's a low one, one that can be scaled, can be conquered. The achievement of climbing that mountain will not produce, however, fanfare or notoriety. Round of applause, put a flag up, he climbed Sinai. From the top of a mountain, we have a majestic view of the surrounding area. A mountain provides us with peaks, uh, perspective, and the ability to judge the world as an observer. Life is not an easy climb, but climb we must to be able to stand on the peak and observe life in society in a measured and wise way. Shabbat Shalom from Jerusalem. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dachs, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dachs from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.